0: So I think the whole thing, I would give the credit to our founders' vision of trying to eliminate needless blindness. That spawned a lot of innovation that led us to develop multiple ways to reach patients. The, The sole realization that came was, it is not about affordability, it's about accessibility.
1: Welcome to Shaping the Future of Healthcare from Siemens Healthineers the podcast where we talk with renowned experts from around the world about the impact they're making on the future of medical technology. Today, Managing Board Member Dr. Christoph Sindel interviews Dr. Srinivasan Arawind. Dr. Arawind is a cataract surgeon and expert in ophthalmology from Arawind Eye Care System, a transformative social impact initiative, noted among the most audacious movements of the past century. Here, his focus is on management, innovation and mentoring. Dr. Arwin specializes in evaluating and interpreting the performance of each division to achieve patient-centered care across the system. He leads Arowind Eye Hospital Chennai as Chief Medical Officer. A major focus for the World Health Summit 2020, as one of its 17 sustainability goals, is to accelerate and improve access to healthcare across the global community. Technology and constant innovation make accessibility possible. But to accomplish the actual distribution of services, there must be another driving force behind it. And that force is passion. Arawind Eye Care System is the perfect example of an organization striving to accomplish greater accessibility through sustainable development and innovative care delivery models. Dr. Srinivasan Arawind talks about how his organization works to expand the availability of ophthalmological care throughout India and how that knowledge can be distributed in order to improve the healthcare system and medicine as a whole.
2: Uh Aravind, first of all, a big thank you for being available today and for your time. I have to say it's very impressive what I have learned about you and your success story. And it's a great honor for me to have you today in this podcast. Yeah, So thank you very much for joining. I would like to start off yeah, with the first question. And this is, all, of course, around the World Health Summit. Yeah. and One of World Health Summit's 2020 central topic is accelerating the United Nations Global Action Plan for Health and Wellbeing, which is one of the 17 sustainability development goals, as we know. So improving access to healthcare is one central aspect of this action plan. And I find, or I think we all would agree, the current situation is really traumatic. Half of humanity has actually limited or no access to care. And arrogant eye care systems is a perfect example for improving access to healthcare for millions. So it's very impressive. Please, can you explain your concept to us?
0: Sure. Thank you, uh, Christoph, for uh, having me in your podcast. So Arvind Eye Care System was founded by uh, a very passionate and dedicated doctor. His name was Dr. Swami. He founded this after he retired. His sole aspiration was, can I eradicate needless blindness? why should people be blind if i have a solution for it and 80% of blindness there is a solution you know there is a cataract surgery pair of glasses you take care of glaucoma you take care of diabetic retinopathy and people can see you know india is a very young country india's average life expectancy is about 67 but still we because of a large population we have a at 15% of the population about 60 so we have about close to 250 million people who are above that age. So I think the whole thing, I would uh, uh, give the credit to our founders' vision of trying to eliminate needless blindness. That spawned a lot of innovation. Mm -hmm. That led us to uh, develop multiple ways to reach uh, patients. The, The sole realization that came was, it is not about affordability, it's about accessibility. Accessibility was more expensive, even if you gave the care free. So that was a significant learning for Arvind eye care system. So that's what led to Arvind developing a hub and spoke model. The hub being the larger tertiary care center and the spokes with multiple competencies either a community center or a vision center or an outreach program. So we were able to network within the community. So I think that's what was the what Arvind did. Arvind did not stop just by starting a hospital but went into the community and built a logistical mechanism that will enable individuals who have a problem with vision to be able to come to the center wherever they need care, either a primary, secondary, or a tertiary. That's how Aravind went about uh, developing this whole ecosystem. Today, Aravind serves a population of 100 million people. And in that 100 million people, uh, we handle every year about 5 million outpatients in the hospital, perform about half a million surgery. Annually, so we provide close to fifty percent of all eye care in this hundred million population. So the organization becomes responsible for a large population, and that is the responsibility that we have. And we try to bring in strategies to uh, do the best for that community.
1: And
2: I remember you started nineteen seventy six, and you started with ten or eleven beds. Is this true?
0: Yes, we retired and we started with a very small uh, organization.
2: It's a huge success story in my point of view. And I can only congratulate for the success. They uh, also helping so, so many people. Yeah. This topic around blindness. Yeah. You know, I'm a medical doctor too, and I uh, worked actually in surgery, but in a much more rougher area of surgery, gastrointestinal tract and, and things like that. So 39 million people suffer from blindness globally. And it's interesting that India has such a focus, unfortunately. Yeah. With around five million, as, as you said. Yeah. Focusing on cataract and making this really a passionate goal to eradicate this, not eradicate, but you know, helping people with this devastating uh, disease is really a great vision in my point of view.
1: Serving such a large population requires purpose, drive, and an emotional investment in order to develop a project of such magnitude. Dr. Srinivasan Arawind talks about the origins of his vision and motivation.
2: I think you talk about an emotional infrastructure, right? The joy of doing something beautiful. Yes. Yeah, and, and this passion uh, is something which is fascinating in my point of view. And by the way, it's also a little bit how we live at Siemens Helsinius. You know, we are more than 50,000 employees in more than 70 countries, but we have also a purpose. And if you have a purpose, I think this is the best, you know, what can happen in your, in your life. Yeah, you have a purpose. And our purpose is, for example, helping patients uh, living longer and living healthier. Yeah? So I understand a little bit, let's say, the, the, the drive of your vision. Yeah,
0: Healthcare is all about, uh, you know, we all become doctors with a positive aspiration to do good to others. But uh, somewhere in the game, we get caught in the intelligence and the technology and uh, all the capabilities. The point that you raised, right? We forget to emotionally connect with the purpose. Somewhere, the medical school, what we do in the early years, numbs us to that aspiration. So, people very rarely like Dr. V, people at uh, leadership at Siemens, you know, they are able to keep that flame alive. I think that's all is needed. The whole world will be a very different place if people know why healthcare is provided in the first place. Uh, Today we make it very complex more than it is necessary.
1: Accessibility to quality healthcare means affordability. Eye iCare system has developed a highly efficient operation system that has drastically reduced the cost of care in India without compromising quality of care or patient outcomes.
2: What is especially impressive about your clinic is that in the U.S. an operation is uh, I guess costs around 3,800 U.S. dollars but in your hospital it is around 88 U.S. dollars. Even if you take into account the adjusted purchasing power of both countries it is significantly cheaper. So can you explain to us how do you make your care that affordable?
0: I think we didn't have a choice to be very honest. Imagine India of 1976 when we were founded. India's per capita income was about $150. That was the per capita income. Today we are about $2,500 US dollar per capita. 80% of the population didn't have anything to pay. And the government did not have the insurance structure in place which it has today. So the only way you could give care is to bring the cost down significantly. So our founder... I had this thought, if I can give a carpenter whose daily wage was 50 rupees in 10 days wages, if I can give a cataract surgery, in $10, dollar was 50 rupees at that time. In $10, if I can give a cataract surgery, this $88 is for our paying patient. Our free patient still, we do a a $10 uh, cataract surgery. He said, the carpenter will go back into the community and he'll be able to earn that money and pay your services, pay for your services. And the dignity of that individual is maintained. You know, it is not something which you give it free. People pay for it. People have a pride in what they do. But a lot of things have to fall into place to be able to do that. One is a lot of innovation. You will have to work on a scale to be able to give a low cost. So Arvind created outreach programs, vision centers, networking in the community. What I mentioned earlier as a spoke model. So we were able to generate the demand. Once the demand was generated, people started coming in. We also realized that we will have to handle them very efficiently. So we went on to adopt assembly line way of working. We had, uh, for every ophthalmologist, we have six nurses supporting, three non-clinical people supporting. One is to six is to three is our ratio of staff. We are about 5,200 employees, 500 ophthalmologists, 3,000 nurses, rest being uh, non-clinical and administrative staff. So we had a two-surgical table system. The one OR, we'll have two tables, one microscope. The surgeon shifted from one patient to the other. The surgeon was able to do seven to eight cases per hour. Otherwise, he would do two cases per hour. So in a country like India with 20,000 ophthalmologists today, but then it was much lower, the only way we can serve the need and the demand is to be efficient. We can't follow the Western model. See, the Western model works, doesn't even work there but it works in a per capita income of about 50,000 US dollars. We can't adapt that model. We can't afford that model. So that's the reason why we have innovated at multiple levels to be able to provide care at an affordable price. It's all because the community needed it. And that was the only way we could eliminate needless blindness.
2: I have to say, very impressive here, on one hand, that you have a fair and obviously balanced reimbursement system so the let's say richer pay also for the poor people and you can balance this out and let's say can make it a healthy operation and on the other side coming myself from surgery what impresses me very much is that you are talking about a assembly line yeah which we typically know from from the industry yeah but i think you do this for a good purpose for a very good purpose helping people helping Many, many people and not only a few people. So I find this remarkable, I have to say. This entire affordable care, of course, reminds me, uh, this was also one of my research uh, points and focus points in the past, Uh, you know, invasive, uh, minimally invasive uh, surgeries or image guided therapies, right? There is already an attempt to make it affordable and uh, less complicated, lower complication rates, faster recovery and, and all of that, yeah. But I think your model is kind of outstanding here. And uh, it's, it's uh, on one hand, an interesting political model because, uh, you know, of this uh, fair payment scheme, so to say. And on the other hand, it's impressive what you describe you have done for our productivity gains to make your offer as accessible as possible. So I'm impressed, I have to say. Difficulties in treating people is not only a result of poverty, Problems are further compounded by poor infrastructure, which makes it difficult to reach patients, which makes it difficult for patients to reach clinics. On the other hand, how do you make your care accessible in a country like India?
0: Vision is a very explicit problem. People, patients know that they can't see. I mean, you don't need an expensive machine to tell them, unlike a cardiac problem or a a gastrointestinal problem, you need imaging, you need investigation. And this is a sensory uh, organ. So people will see. I can't see, I can't hear. So they will say that. So that's very simple in that case. But the problem lies in, where is the solution? The solutions are always in a bigger city, bigger towns. But in India, if you really look at it, 50% of our population today lives in rural areas. And younger people migrate out of rural areas to the urban areas. And blindness is a problem of older age, you know, thanks to cataract, glaucoma, diabetic retinopathy. So it was very important for us to reach out to these people and combine it with poverty. Imagine there was a 70-year-old uh, lady. The 70-year-old lady was supported by a 35-year-old uh, uh, son and uh, a 28-year-old or 30-year-old daughter-in-law. They both had to work every day to feed their children. So the priority was to take care of the grandchild and their children. They couldn't stop working. So they were earning, say, a dollar a day. So this old lady didn't want to burden the, their son and, the, and his family. So she kept quiet and becoming blind and blind. So she restricted her life activities. So that's when Dr. B realized, even before he started Arvind he did a lot of outreach program in the community. He said, we should engage with the community. It is not a problem of an eye hospital. We should engage and bring those patients as a community. So this lady won't come alone. This lady will come with her neighbors. Oh, this lady over the next street is going. Don't worry. Don't come with me. My son, I will take care of myself. So the son is relieved to take care of his family. So this whole networking, to me, if you ask me what is the success of Arvind, is this whole community interlinking that Arvind has done over the last four decades. And like they have a problem, whether you have money or does, do not have a mon- money, you will be able to access eye care. So that was a, a tremendous uh, structure that was built in the early days to be able to bring these patients.
2: Aroind Eye Clinic is clearly an impressive example for how to improve access to health care. I, I can only hope that your example gets distributed globally. Yeah, I think uh, everybody can learn from you. You talked also about imaging and the more bulky devices. I mean, we are working on making imaging devices easier in terms of installment, in terms of operations, right? Take MR, yeah, we have concepts. How can we bring an MR into your country? How can we make it accessible for everybody? Given also the shortage of healthcare workers, I guess this is also a problem in your country that we have not enough Qualified, highly qualified healthcare workers. Yeah. So, on one hand, I believe it's important for us to work on devices, which will work much more simplified with less cost. And if you add, for example, remote capabilities where, you know, experts from all around the globe can connect to and can drive the examination or can, you know, give their advice, this is a next level. The strategy to make healthcare services more accessible. And if you think about the capabilities in artificial intelligence, where you talk about clinical decision support helping, you know, if there is not enough qualification available, that's uh, clinical decision support can help, you know, pointing on the symptoms or even derive a diagnosis out of it. I think this is, uh, these are concepts where I believe it can be very helpful.
1: The COVID-19 pandemic has brought about rapid innovation, particularly in telemedicine. This disease necessitates our proximity to one another be as limited as possible. Technology has stepped in, enabling healthcare workers to continue providing care to patients from any distance.
2: This pandemic now, the COVID-19, which is also a big hit in your country, I guess, yeah. What about telehealth? Yeah, this should also help You, I mean, of course, you cannot do the operations and you don't have robots for this because it's so filigrain. But is this a topic where you could also conceive the future, more telehealth, more first interaction with patients in your country also remotely?
0: Yes, absolutely. Because we run vision centers, which are in the community, covers a 50,000 population, a man with ophthalmic technicians. So we do about, uh, even before COVID, we did about close to 1,500 teleconsultations every day because we have about 80 vision centers. So each vision center is seeing about 20 patients a day. We did about 1,500. Interestingly, during COVID, the smaller centers in the community were busier than usual huh. uh-huh. because they were providing primary care at all levels. The larger hospitals were all empty. Because patients were worried about coming to the larger hospital. Transportation was a problem. Elderly people were afraid. So, we realized the power of decentralized healthcare. Huge power that it has. It is able to maintain vision, take care of it. We may not be able to do surgery, but we may be able to take care of a glaucoma, a diabetic retinopathy, ask them to continue medication, even reassure them. You know, it's okay to wait. Right. This is not something that you have to be worried about. So definitely, actually a lot of innovations have come out of COVID in our organization. So we are, in a way COVID is a curse, but we also see a silver lining.
1: The success of Aravind has demonstrated the potential for similar models of care globally. Let's explore the lessons that other countries and systems of healthcare can apply in order to achieve similar results.
2: Aravind, thank you so much To tackle the problem that half of the world's population cannot obtain essential health services, we must all work together. I think globally, this is also a statement against uh, political verticalization. Yeah. So we need to learn from each other. But learning is not a one-way street, as we know. Your superior outcomes speak for themselves, in my opinion, right? I mean, you have great patient outcomes, you know, low complication rates, it's so professional and uh, so good for the patients. What can others, I mean organizations, countries, healthcare systems, learn from your approach?
0: So as I, as I said earlier, we are able to bring in big demand, right? We generate that demand from the community. And we realize that when they come in, if you don't handle the demand very well, people get disillusioned. Healthcare is all about word of mouth. Somebody gets a good eye care, they go and speak to a uh, Person and then, if they had a bad experience, they'll speak to more people. So early on, Doctor Wee's famous uh, uh, example is McDonald's. You know, he said, "Look at McDonald's; they are able to select a school dropout, standardize everything from the fries to from the burgers to bread. So they're able to give the same infrastructure. They're able to standardize things. So you know, at one end, he was very philosophical, spiritual. Eliminate needless blindness. Human beings should not suffer." But he also said, let us learn from people who have done very well in another sphere. And he saw McDonald's as a, as a great example. <laughs> in the 70s, Today's McDonald's is different, but in the 70s. And so standardization of techniques, we use the exact same equipments in all our hospitals. We go for the top-of-the-line equipments. In care. Alcon is a large company. Zeiss is a large company. So we would work with all the top-line equipments that we do. We have realized, never do community work or high-volume work with without having the best-in-class technology. If you're driving fast, if you're driving long, try to have the best vehicle possible that is available in the market. It pays for itself because you may not do five cases a day, you may do 50 cases a day, but the number of cases will make up for it. And we also had a very strong training program, in-house training program, which ensured that when people went into critical areas of patient care, they were fully equipped to handle it. They were not uh, allowed to get into patient care without uh, being fully equipped. And every patient was monitored. That's where we have published data on 2 million cataract surgery. Uh, Even FDA takes our data and changes their protocol. So that was very important. And regular innovation, constantly making things better. And all our healthcare, eye care is protocol based. But the protocols are constantly looked into and revised, it's not static protocol. So all those factors have helped us. Another important point which has helped us is all our staff have fixed compensation. There is no variable compensation. You do more, you get more, you do less, you get less. No. So the people, the reason they work is they want to become the best. It is not the money that motivates them. It's the skill that the joy that they get from doing something beautiful that motivates them.
2: Thank you for sharing these insights. Again, very impressive, Yeah, I have to say. However, Knowing as a medical doctor a little bit what cataract surgery means in terms of art, I would not easily compare it to burger makers. But I know what you what you have been talking about in terms of standardization and process optimization. This makes, uh, of course, perfectly sense. Uh, I mean, education is also very much to our heart at Siemens Healthineers. Uh, so we established also a platform where we can share medical knowledge, healthcare professional knowledge, and and where. Yeah, even citizens can get personalized, blended, and lifelong learning information out of it. Yeah, So, um, I think this global distribution of knowledge and utilization of knowledge is also a very, very important component in my point of view to improve the healthcare systems and medicine in, in general, right?
1: Diversity and inclusion are important topics as we work towards growth in the healthcare field an area of particular interest to Dr. Christoph Sindel. He asks about the current makeup of the healthcare workforce at Aravind.
2: I can only congratulate to this uh, significant success. And I mean, India can be really blessed to have you and to have uh, your system available there. Yeah? Aravind, beside of the topic of access to healthcare diversity and inclusion, is also a topic which keeps me awake at night, yeah? I believe there's still a lot of room for improvement for us, but also for societies in general. Yeah? Is that something that you can relate to? And does that play a role in how your teams are built, for example, by including women?
0: So Arvind uh, has uh, 90% women it's, uh, in its uh, work portfolio. So all our nursing staff are uh, women. So it, there's a history uh, behind it. In 1976, when our founding team wanted to Look for manpower. There are no good training programs. There were not even training programs in the country at that point of time. So they went into the rural areas and said, who were available? Young women at the age of 17, 18, who had just finished school, but they wouldn't go to college. Some of them got married early, but some of them were at home. So the, the founding team spoke to the parents and said, let them spend two years. We will train them. We will feed them. We will take care of them. Give enough sec- all security. And then let them work with us for three years. So that became a, a, a model. So we have second generation people who are with us. The, the first generation worked, left, got married, had a girl child. She is working with us. So it has become a, a community movement. Young women who were jobless, very difficult to take care of them by the family because both the husband and wife are working. In arvind they saw a potential place which will nurture them, build skills in them, educate them and get them ready to face life. Mm -hmm. So that is how we got women. And we also realize women are more disciplined. (laughs) So (laughs) that's helpful as well. I know it's a a strong statement, but it's true. That's what our experience says.
2: That's interesting. I guess then it's a win-win situation, we can say, right? I mean, it's also diversity and inclusion is also, as I said in the question, uh, it's a very important topic for us as well. In my point of view, it is really also one of the cores of our innovation capabilities. Yeah, so fifty-three thousand people in Helsinki, is, you know, from one hundred and twenty countries culturally. This gives us inherently a significant cultural diversity. Yeah, I think c- diversity is one. The inclusion might be even more important that we really accept it intrinsically and that we see all the advantages coming out of diversity and inclusion. And I'm very much convinced that uh, this is the way also to go forward. And I think you you, you have explained a great example uh, for this. Yeah? So it's about tapping the creative potential of all our employees yeah? to be as diverse as our customers and the patients for whom they care. Yeah? A final question, maybe a little bit more from a private view, what do you do down in India? to keep yourself uh, healthy, uh, in particular, in the pandemic? Any recommendation for the community here, what uh, we can do (laughs) to keep ourselves uh, up and running?
0: (laughs) Uh, Fortunately, we live in a campus, which is within the hospital. That's another thing we do, the hospital does. It provides housing for uh, staff who are interested in staying closer. So young people would love to stay in the campus. I'm staying close, a new place. It is about a 10-acre campus with a nice space to walk around. It's clean. So I do a lot of walking, listen to music, and that's how I keep myself fit and, and watch what I eat. And not easy, <laughs> but I still try. Uh,
2: I know this. I know this. What music?
0: More, more the local uh, language, Tamil, Tamil music.
2: Yeah, Super, super. I like it. I sometimes hear it as well, and uh, yeah. it's, it's very nice. It's very nice. Yeah, I like it.
1: Wrapping up today's episode, we've heard how a standardization of care can help scale access to much-needed services across large populations. When expertise is paired with a strong desire to serve the community, while also understanding how the community operates culturally in regard to illness and seeking care, you can truly transform the health of a nation.
2: So, Aravind, a big thank you for your time and for sharing your insights uh, with us. It was a great pleasure to talk to you, as I said. And again, I'm very impressed and I think the community is very impressed what you have done. Keep going. I think it's super important for the globe and for the human beings and uh, I hope you will successfully continue with all what you have built up so far. It's really impressive.
1: A big thank you to Dr. Srinivasan Aravind and to all of our listeners. This has been another episode of Shaping the Future of Healthcare from Siemens Healthineers. Subscribe to us wherever you listen to podcasts, rate us, and review us on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time.